fascinated by the amazing human body. With all its complexity and vulnerability, it's incredible. Our body has the ability to heal, to knit back together, to have knees implanted and retinas repaired, and yet it is very fragile. Every year as we prepare for Christmas comes the reminder of the miracle of the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ, and it takes my breath away. For God chose to come in human form, fully God and fully human, to redeem us and restore this world. God walked around in Jesus. He loved, lived, and died that we might know of a loving, fully, living abundantly, and dying without fear. For even death does not have the last word. Only love. So it probably won't surprise you that when I found a series on Netflix called The Surgeon's Cut, I pretty much binge-watched the four episodes. And now that I've watched them twice, don't judge me, maybe join me. Each episode is the story of a different surgeon. The first, a fetal medicine specialist, Dr. Kapros Nicolades, who has done pioneering work in the field of twin-to-twin transfusion. As he operates, he asks the pregnant woman to hold his arm for comfort and to assure her that they are in this together. He's doing all he can for the sake of her and her babies. Then there's Dr. Nancy Asher, the first woman to perform a liver transplant who has now done many. In this episode, she operates on a living donor, a daughter who is donating a lobe of her liver to her mother. Dr. Asher speaks worldwide against organ trafficking, something it's hard to imagine, yet exists. Then there's an episode about a passionate cardiac surgeon in India, Dr. Devi Shetty. He has a dream that each person who needs a life-saving heart surgery receives it, regardless of their ability to pay. Dr. Shetty was Mother Teresa's doctor the last four years of her life. And during her hospitalization, she would go on rounds with him to the pediatric patients. He makes the statement that India requires 2 million heart surgeries a year, but only 150,000 surgeries are able to be performed. He asks, what happens to the other 1.9 million people? This is unacceptable. How long are we going to tolerate it? These are incredible stories. The one that I believe has much to say to us today is told by a surgeon in an episode called The Sacred Brain. Dr. Alfredo Quijones Hinoza tells his story from being an undocumented migrant farm worker to becoming a neurosurgeon who works to remove brain tumors at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. At 14, he began to practice scaling the wall that separated his hometown of Mexicali, Mexico, in California. At 19, he made it over and joined his cousins working in the cotton fields, but dreamt out loud of another way of life, going to school, changing his path. One cousin told him, this is it. This is your future. Dr. Q made a decision at that moment that he wouldn't look back, only forward. 
That day he left the fields. He found a job cleaning, then as a welder, then a supervisor, and continued to go to school at night and learn English. There was legislation at the time that allowed him to become a citizen in the United States. He said, I went from harvest to Harvard in seven years. I was surprised when Dr. Q reflected on something that happened to him along the way. He said, there are always moments when you are made to feel inferior. As a student at UC Berkeley, he was asked one day, where are you from? He answered, Mexico, to which the person responded, you can't be from Mexico. You're way too smart to be from Mexico. Words. Here is a man who is in every way we think of made it in the world. The same hands that once pulled weeds 12 hours a day in the sweltering heat are now removing intricate tumors in one of the most prestigious hospitals in the world. Yet the words he heard that day still hurt his heart, are still so close to the surface of his emotions. In so many ways, those words have shaped how he thinks about himself. Words, words written and words spoken. There are words whispered at the right time that can build us up, encourage us to go far and dream big. And there are words we speak without thought that seem incidental to us, yet can land on another's soul. When the Apostle Paul was writing to the people of Ephesus, I wonder if he thought about how his words would land. Could he ever imagine that we are here 2,000 years later using them to understand how to live in our world, just as those followers of Jesus did so long ago? A world where words are carried around the earth with just a click, where words are stored forever in the cloud, where words we speak in haste or without any consideration for how they might affect another are now preserved for all time. Maybe Paul understood much more than we think. His Jewish background had been founded on an oral tradition and ultimately scrolls written over hundreds of years. He understood the weight of words and how they were interpreted and debated. He held in his hands both his understanding from being taught in the synagogue by the religious leaders of the day and the grace he had found in meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul could probably quote much of the law and prophet, and then he saw them distilled down to two. Love God, love neighbor. Listen to these words as if you're sitting with Paul. Hear them as words to build you up, not put you down. As words to encourage and help you to lead the life you've been called to in Christ Jesus. For they come through time as a gift of love. From Ephesians 4, the message, verse 25. What this adds up to then is this, no more lies, no more pretense. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other, after all. When you lie to others, you end up lying to yourself. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. 
Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Did you use to make ends meet by stealing? Well, no more. Get an honest job so that you can help others who can't work. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps, each word a gift. Don't grieve God. Don't break his heart. His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. Make a clean break with all cutting, backbiting, profane talk. Be gentle with one another, sensitive. Forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Let's admit it, it takes more effort to measure our words, to pay attention to how they might be heard. Sometimes we're told we're too easily offended or too concerned with being politically correct. Sometimes we're told you just took that wrong, when in all probability, it didn't need to be said at all. But sarcasm, jokes told at someone else's expense, really, it's 2021. Hope we're learning to do better. For thousands of years, Christ followers have been instructed to watch the way we talk. You're too smart to be from, you fill in the blank. Watch the way you talk. Say only what helps each word a gift. A gift. What would it mean for each word to be a gift? It's not easy. We would need to slow down, shop carefully for the right word. It would mean that we would then choose those words with the receiver in mind. We wouldn't give the friend who lives in Miami the winter coat we found in the back of our closet. So we wouldn't also hand the wrong gift to a person. We wouldn't hand the person grieving words to discount their pain. How they could hear them would be more important than, I just need to get this off my chest. When we give a gift, we want it to be opened, to add value to the life of the recipient, not to be hurled back at us, not for the receiver to think you gave little or no thought to them. And we can do this. For Paul reminds us of the greater gift we've been given by God, to be able to do so much more than we think possible, to speak the truth, to leave behind the ugly words and cutting remarks, it's God's own spirit moving in and through us to make us fit for himself. And isn't that our goal, our purpose, to learn how to live a life of love, to please God with our words and deeds? Paul goes on to write in Ephesians 5, Watch what God does, and then you do it, like children who learn proper behavior from their parents. Mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious, but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. Love like that with your words and with your deeds. Love like that. Not cautiously afraid that we might be hurt or earn a reward, but extravagantly, as if there was an unlimited supply of love. For if our words were a gift, 
love like that. All four of the surgeons had a story about when they knew they wanted to do what they did. They spoke of when the words of another impacted them in some way that they were willing to risk the known for the unknown. A grandfather, a mother, a spouse, a colleague, Mother Teresa. Someone along the way invited them to see something in themselves they didn't know existed, to believe in themselves and try something new. They worked hard, some struggled, they gave up much, but gained so much more for the sake of others. They shared that by giving back to humanity, they had made a difference in this world, and now each of them are teaching others to do the same. For many years, Dr. Shetty lived and worked in Calcutta and did over 4,000 pediatric cardiovascular surgeries. To those children one day, he wrote a letter in which he asked them to, quote, use a few moments of their precious time for someone who needs it without expecting anything back in return, end quote. And as I watch these four episodes, I wonder, what is God asking you and I to do with a few moments of our precious time to build one another up, to make a difference in this world, to love as Jesus loves, as Paul wrote, he didn't love to get something back from us, but to give everything of himself to us. Let's love like that. Let's pray. God of us all, you give extravagantly. You give us life and love. You give us words to build up and the responsibility to use them wisely. Teach us by the power of your Holy Spirit to be more fully your children who look and act like you. In Jesus' name, amen.